let's get into the passage then. Uh, 1 Timothy. Uh, we're going to uh, read uh, verses uh, 12 to 20. So it's 1 Timothy chapter 1, verses 12 to 20. Um, if you've got a Bible, please turn to 1 Timothy 1, 12 to 20. If not, the verses will be projected on the screen. I'm going to read them. I thank him who's given me strength, Christ Jesus our Lord, because he judged me faithful, appointed me to his service. Though formerly I was a blasphemer, persecutor, and insolent opponent, but I received mercy because, it, because I acted ignorantly in unbelief. And the grace of our Lord overflowed for me with the faith and love that are in Christ Jesus. The saying is trustworthy and deserving of full acceptance that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the foremost. But I receive mercy for this reason, that in me, as the foremost, Jesus Christ might display his perfect patience as an example to those who were to believe in him for eternal life. To the King of the ages, immortal, invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. This charge I entrust to you, Timothy, my child, in accordance with the prophecies previously made about you, that by them you may wage the good warfare, holding faith and a good conscience. By rejecting this, some have made shipwreck of their faith, among whom are Hymenius and Alexander, whom I have handed over to Satan, that they may learn not to blaspheme. Amen. Just before we get started with the passage, um, I'm going to ask uh, our good friend, actually no, your good friend, uh, Andy, to come up, because, um, uh, Andy, if you could come, please. Because um, uh, as I was reading this passage, uh, it's amazing how Paul is giving testimony, Apostle Paul is giving testimony about his past, how he's telling Timothy of who he was and who he is now. And I thought it'd be great to hear a testimony, as we just heard today. It'd be great to hear a testimony of how God has changed lives. Because we hear that quite often, and we know how God has changed our lives. Um, but sometimes... Uh, we just forget what God has done for us. And I haven't chosen Andy deliberately because of his past. You'll, you'll get to hear it, kind of. Yeah. No, I just thought it'd be good because I thought to myself, you know what, I don't really know how Andy came to Christ. I know uh, that God is using him greatly, but I just don't, haven't heard his story. So I'm just going to hand over to Andy. You want, you've got 30 seconds starting from now. <laughs> good morning, everyone. Um, I, I love Sarush's organization. It was a text at about 10.30 last night. So I haven't wrote anything down. Um, so I'll start really from my, my, my family background. I think looking back, um, I probably didn't realize at the time, but uh, I enjoyed quite a privileged um, upbringing. Um, I grew up in a nice area. Uh, I had really nice parents that did... Um, pretty much everything that I requested um, and asked to do. Um, so life was pretty good. Um, uh, we didn't go to church. Um, my family um, didn't have any church background whatsoever. Um, but life was pretty good. You know, we, we, we ate well. We had a nice house. We went on holidays. Um, it was pretty good. Um, I was taught well by my parents. I went to a good school. Um, I did all right at school. I was a little bit rebellious, but um, life was really good. Um, and I progressed 
um, kind of really well through school, through college. Nothing uh, really hit me. Um, um, I started to struggle once I left uh, college and went to university. And um, I'm able to look back on that time now and realize what was going on. But um, I, what I was doing is I, I didn't really know what my identity was. Um, and in the searching for my identity, I went to different things. So um, I was a member of a, <laughs> a football team. Um, so for that period of my life, my identity was in football. And um, I was going to become a footballer. That's what I was going to do. I want to be a professional footballer. But uh, when the Aston Villa scout came and scouted me, he said I was too small. Look at them now. Um, so that, that, that kind of didn't happen, and I thought, oh, well, what, what do I do now? So I decided I was going to be a rock star. <laughs> um, so I, I was in bands and things like that, um, but I didn't become a rock star. I wasn't good enough. And things started to um, get really, take a turn for the worse when I got to university because I started running out of things to place in, uh, um, my identity in. Um, you know, where, you know, I was I was searching for lots of things. So what happened? Um, basically, I um, flunked university after about three weeks. I decided I'm not doing that. Um, I was studying music, and all I could think was, I'm going to be my music teacher, Mr. Booth from Grangefield School. I I don't want to be Mr. Booth from Grangefield School, so I'm just not going to any of the lectures. But I proceeded to stay there for a whole year. Um, and I was very naive um, because I wasn't even going to university uh, lectures I had to do something else and unfortunately for me that became alcohol and gambling um, which isn't a very good mix because the drunker I got the more I spent um, and um, I really started to struggle and uh, there was a, a period of a couple of years where my searching went to lots of different things, which I won't go into, um, but I got myself into a, a bit of trouble. And looking back now, I was probably suffering from depression. Um, I suffer from depression uh, from time to time, and um, I was probably suffering depression at that time of my life. Um, but what happened? is uh, I was um, playing in a band at Stockton International Riverside Festival. How Stockton can be an international Riverside Festival, I don't know, but it was the Stockton International Riverside Festival. Uh, we opened up the fringe stage, and uh, it was great. We had a really good gig. It was brilliant. We actually got a good write-up in the Gazette, actually. Um, I've tried to look for it on the archives, but it's not there anymore. So I'm not sure. It might have been in my head. Um, and um, I, that was on a Saturday. And um, being me at the time, uh, I thought, well, yeah, well, I'll have a drink. And it got through to Monday, and I hadn't stopped. And 
I came across two girls and uh, I was chatting to them. They'd been and seen some of the bands that my friends were in. And um, one of the girls, there was something slightly different about her. I thought, something, not, something different about you. Um, I didn't quite, couldn't, couldn't quite see what it was. Uh, I didn't understand at the time. Um, and then she gave me an alpha leaflet. <laughs> I thought, ah, <laughs> I know your game. Um, so, um, and I thought, well, you know, I'll, I'll, I'll throw, a, throw her a bone because she's, she's quite pretty. So, I'll, you know, I'll just decline nicely and, you know, maybe I'll get to know her. Um, that didn't happen. I went out with a best friend for a year and a half. Um, and um, she dumped me when she went to university after I drove, all, drove her all the way to Hull as well. Cheers, thanks for that. Um, <laughs> um, and I went to work on the Monday after that and this girl that I'd met, who was a friend, um, uh, I could tell it was her because I was looking out my office window and I could just see these pigtails bouncing past the window. And she came in, she gave me a cake um, she thought, she thought you'd want a cake. I said, oh, that's going to make me feel really better. Yeah, cheers, thanks. And on it was a, an alpha leaflet again. Now, <laughs> this girl gave me lots of alpha leaflets, and I had some belting excuses. I really did. Um, but um, I started running out of excuses because I was getting old and my knees were knackered, so I didn't play football on a Tuesday night anymore. Um, you know, I, I, I was literally running out of I thought, oh, do you know what? I'm going to have to shut this lass up. I'll, I'll go on this first day, this, this alpha thing that she's going on about. I'll just, I'll go and then that'll be that. So I went along to Alpha. It was an alpha. It was on a ship. Um, does anyone know what the, was it the HM Endeavour or something? Um, it's on the, on the river down there. So I thought, this is crazy. I'm, Going on a ship to learn about being a Christian, I, I, this just didn't fit into what I was uh, all about. Anyway, I turned up, and you know everyone was very nice, and you know there was uh, some of uh, this girl's uh, family there, and they were very nice. Um, <laughs> and uh, what I didn't realise at the time was I was actually meeting Jesus. I wasn't meeting people. Um, so there was something different about when I used to step uh, onto the deck. Um, there was something different, and uh, I loved the evenings. And um, what happened is uh, we, we, we were doing the talk, I think it was the third week, uh, and it was on repentance. Now, I thought I was a good guy. I thought, you know, hey, what's not, like, what, what's not to like about me? You know, I'm good. I'm a good guy. You know, I... I like my friends. I help my friends out. I'm, I'm a great guy. But um, during that talk, uh, the reality hit home that we've all fallen short. Now, whether I was a good person or not, I, I wasn't. I really wasn't. But um, I still fell short. No matter what you do, you still fall short. So it really spoke to me. And... Um, I got in my car after that session, uh, my nice little silver sports car with a soft top. 
And what usually used to take me um, five minutes to get home, because it was quite a fast car, um, took me an hour and a half. And on that night, I gave my life to Christ. <laughs> that car was amazing. I've got a Citroen Zara Picasso now. God's really blessed me. <laughs> um, things uh, took an upturn um, because what happened was I actually found my identity. I found my identity in Christ. And I found my purpose with Christ in me. And um, there was a, a massive release because I thought that I had to have a good job with a mobile phone and a briefcase. I thought that I had to have a silver soft top sports car. I thought that's what life was all about and I was searching in the wrong places. But Jesus changed everything for me. Um, and since then, he's blessed me so much. The girl that took me on Alpha is, I think you've guessed, is Jen. <laughs> Flirt to convert, eh? Um, uh, so God's blessed me with a wonderful wife, a lovely family, um, two children, and a lovely family that I married into. But most importantly, he, he has brought me into, uh, into this family. And, and it's been such a, a privilege to really to grow up in this church and learn from people, um, there's been some really great people that have, have taught me, have corrected me, um, have slapped me at times. Um, and, and God continues to, to bless us, doesn't he? Um, so it's, it's, um, I'm, I'm not a rock star, but I get to stand on the stage and worship our God. Um, and it's just an amazing privilege and honor to be able to do that with you guys. Um, if you're not a Christian here this morning, um, I had loads of excuses, I'm sure you have, but what I would say is, give it a, give it a chance, give it a chance, allow, allow Jesus a little space in your life, and I can guarantee you that it'll be the best decision that you've ever made, okay? Thanks, Andy. Well done. Thank you. Thanks, Andy. I always love to hear stories of how Jesus works in, uh, in our lives. And it's just amazing to see uh, how God has changed Andy's life and just amazing to see how he grows. Um, the reason I asked him to come and give testimony, as I said, was because I just felt that Paul is giving testimony here to Timothy, to his close friend. Uh, and sometimes we just think testimonies are for Alpha. Of course, Alpha is a great thing, and as you heard, um, it was a tool that got used to bring Andy into his kingdom. But um, it's always good to hear testimonies. Now, Paul and Timothy were very close. They've got a very good relationship. Uh, Paul calls him child, uh, the equivalent of Tisides son. Uh, so he, he, he's writing to um, Timothy, talking about his past. Now, sometimes we think our past is great, but very often we think, oh, it, was, it wasn't really good. 
as Andy said, he thought that he was a good person, but he came to realize that his standards were very different from Jesus' standards. Uh, sometimes we try to find things to satisfy ourselves in life, just as Andy said. Uh, please listen to his testimony again and use it against him in the future. But, uh, no, I'm joking. Uh, but sometimes we go to religion. Sometimes we hang on to religion, just like Paul did. Paul was a Jew. He was a great Jew. He was a Pharisee. Um, he says that himself. Um, we can even read that in the book of Acts. Paul was a great guy uh, amongst his peers. Paul's, uh, Paul was really knowledgeable uh, of the, what we call the Old Testament now. And he was a proper Jew. Uh, he learned things of his parents and he was supposed to pass them on to the next generation. That's how it worked. So you receive things and you pass them on. Um, you try to be very faithful with what you receive and keep it really nice and then pass it on just as it was. So Paul, is, this is what Paul used to be. But then he came to realize that that wasn't enough. That he was trying to please God with that, but that wasn't what God wanted for him. That's not how you can live your life with God. Paul knew that this letter would be read publicly. Um, he addressed it to Timothy, but he knew that it would be read publicly in church settings. Paul, before he comes to Christ, he knew that um, he was a good guy. He was a Jew. He heard about Christians, and he thought, oh, these guys are taking it seriously, and they're not going to keep it quiet. Uh, this Jesus thing is becoming so serious, so I might as well go and do something about it. I want to serve God, and therefore I'm going to go find Christians, torture them, so that they stop talking about Jesus Christ. The same thing is still going on in many parts of the world, where people think they're serving God, and by serving God, they're trying to keep Christians quiet and say, you, look, you're not allowed to talk about Jesus, because the Jesus you talk about is not the real Jesus. Because we know him, and he's not God, as you say. He was trying to go against them. He was trying to stop them because this message was being spread out uh, throughout the whole region. He knew that quite a lot of people went through quite a lot of troubles in order to keep the God of Israel, the God of Israel, in order to preserve what the God of Israel had given them. He definitely knew about their exodus. He definitely knew about all the stories that um, he'd heard from his uh, parents, from his grandparents, from uh, people in the neighborhood about how this almighty God came and brought Jews out of slavery. And he thought, no, I'm not going to actually keep quiet with these Christians trying to bring dishonor to our nation. They're trying to dishonor our ethnicity. They're trying to dishonor our God. Our God would never be crucified. So this is Paul. But what he talks about is that actually God came and brought freedom to him. That God came and at a moment that he wasn't expecting, spoke to him. You know what happened to Paul when he, um, God spoke to him? He didn't eat for two days, I think, or maybe even three days. <laughs> uh, not because that put him off uh, of food, but it's just because his eyes were opened to this true reality of who Jesus was. Freedom to you and I might mean something different, particularly in this part of the world. Freedom is being able to say what you think and living your life the way you want to um, and being able to say anything about, in general, uh, people who are in power in the newspapers and other sorts of media. 
Freedom in the Bible is not quite that. Of course, it's great to be able to live in a free country where we come together just like this and able to talk about Jesus. And I want to encourage you to give thanks and praise to God for this because not many people are able to have this. This is a blessing uh, that, and very often we take that for granted. Use this for the glory of God. Use this, uh, what God has given us in this country, to spread out the word. But it's not quite the freedom that God talks about. The Bible says that we all fall short of the glory of God. But the Bible also doesn't end there. It gives us the solution to it. You see, the Bible says that we were slaves to sin. We were slaves to our past. When we come to Jesus, we receive that freedom. But sometimes, as Christians, we still live uh, in bondage, although we're in Christ. You see, we think of freedom... And just like in this country, this generation might think, well, it's always been like this. No, it hasn't. Many people had to give their lives so that we can live freely like this. And the same with our freedom in Jesus. Yes, you have received it for free, but the price had to be paid for it. Somebody had to pay a price, a high price, and the price was paid for in blood. Jesus Christ paid for it. And because he has paid for it, sometimes... Many Christians don't take it very seriously because, well, it's free, so there must be some strings attached. It's free. I've received it for free. Somebody else has done something about it, but I can just carry on living my life the way I want to. But it's not what God has for us. If you want to be released into something, you've got to be free from something. That's why I brought these with me uh, so that we can share it. No, it's not about sharing. Uh, Who's the best goalkeeper here at Jubilee? Who is a very good goalkeeper? Jasper, please come over here. <laughs> he didn't know what he's letting himself in for. Just going to use an illustration, because very often, as Christians, this is who we are. So I've got a couple of boxes filled with whatever Andy said about his past life and other things from my past life and Jasper's past life. So, <laughs> no, I'm not going to open it, don't worry. <laughs> Hold one, one, your hand, one of your hands. Right. So this is Jasem, and I'm Jesus. The Bible did say, I mean, we read in Isaiah, he doesn't have looks or anything. So, <laughs> so Jasem comes to Jesus. Jesus saves him. He still has baggage from his past. He wants to be released. He says, Jesus, will you give me something? And he's still not willing to let go of what he has in the past. So, I'm Jesus. I'm going to give him something really, really good. Well, he wasn't able to keep it. (laughs) Don't encourage him. Now, leave them at the foot of the cross. They're full of grudges and whatever in the past. Don't just think because you're in Christ. You haven't got any of these. There's quite a lot of them in the lives of many of us here today. And we get time to reflect on them and to be prayed uh, for. So, once we leave them at the foot of the cross and give them fully and completely to Jesus, there we go. I was hoping you would catch it. (laughs) Thank you, Jason. Thank you. (laughs) Thank you so much. As Christians, sometimes we can come to Jesus with our hands full of what we want to keep, 
but that not really what he has for us, not the fullness of his kingdom, and we expect him to release us into things. We expect him to give us more. If you expect to receive from him, you should be in a position to receive. And the best position to receive from Jesus is at the foot of the cross, because then you can lay down everything and you can receive from him. And today, as I said, we can um, spend some time on that. When Andy was mentioning, um, when he was talking and giving testimony, he mentioned the word identity, and I've got it written down here. It's really important as Christians to know who we are and where we stand with our identity, because the world tries to tell us quite a lot of things. The world tries to tell us, yes, you are a Christian, but you can also be this and that, and quite a lot of other things. In Jesus, he has an identity for us, and that's to be known as the children of God. And if you're a child of God, then claim that position. Don't let yourself down. Don't let the lies of the world, the lies of the enemy, to come and whisper into your ears that, yes, you have been saved by the blood of Jesus, but then what about this and what about that? And there's quite a lot of other things. But if you are secure in where you stand with Jesus, then no matter what, you will be able to worship him. If you're secure in where you stand with him, you can worship him day in, day out. Because you know what? We change. As people, we do change. Relationships change. The quality of relationships change. Friendships. Uh, we can probably think about people that we were friends with, that we're not friends with anymore. I certainly can't think of a few. Um, but with God, he never changes. With our friendships, because people's personality change. With relationships, your personality changes. And therefore, that affects the way that you relate to people. But with God, he never changes. So if you're in a place where you think things aren't running well and I can't actually find it in my heart to worship God, then there's a problem. And the problem is you. Because God never changes. God is always the same, yesterday, today, and forever. That's what the Bible says. So if you find yourself in that position, then you need to change. And that change starts by repenting, coming before God and saying sorry to God and receiving what he has for you. Another thing that will help us in being released into what God has for us is discipleship. I'm carrying on very quickly because I need to leave some time for ministry at the end. Uh, discipleship is uh, something that Jesus has called us to, and it's something that has to be re reflected in, a, in the lives of every Christian. Sometimes we think discipleship is just a one-to-one -one setting. Sometimes discipleship is where you get one person and try to teach them and train them for the works of the kingdom. And yes, that's one part of it. But discipleship happens here. Discipleship in a church happens corporately and individually. And to make disciples, you've got to be a disciple yourself. If you want to show other people the ways of Jesus, then you've got to have walked in them. You've got to have grasp them fully yourself in order to be able to tell somebody else, let's come and walk with me and I'll help you with it. It doesn't mean we've got to be perfect. But don't think of discipleship as something that happens just on a one-to-one -one basis. Or let's get a group of 20 men or women and train them and teach them. And of course that's great and that is brilliant. I'm not belittling that. But if it doesn't happen corporately, you can't expect it to happen individually either. Jesus called us to make disciples of all nations. You see, Jesus knew it really well that people would bring their nationalities and say, we're different and therefore let us do it this way and you're different and we'll let you do it that way, your own way. Of course, it's great to be able to reflect our nationality and the way that we worship God in, in our worship. 
But that doesn't necessarily mean that we'll have to be separate into, in what we do. We have people from many different nations, but yet we can still make disciples. We can be disciples ourselves and make disciples of others from different nations. Don't allow your nationality to come and be a hurdle um, in a church setting, in a corporate setting where we, in, with unity in our hearts, we've come together to worship this king who's called us to be together. And of course, you learn more with training, but I was listening to one of Terry Virgo's uh, teachings, um, um, particularly about being released and um, about training. And what, uh, obviously, we see that in practice, but what he said was that um, in New Frontiers, the family that we belong to, uh, the training doesn't necessarily happen in classrooms for three years, just like in Bible colleges. And again, that's great, but training needs to happen in the training ground, because otherwise, it would just be head knowledge. And head knowledge is great, but head knowledge will need to lead into bearing fruit in our actions and works. Um, I just feel, uh, as I was pre uh, preparing for this, that uh, some of us need to be free from our past. We need to be free from what God has not given us. We need to be free, although we are in Christ, we need to be free from the strings that are attached to us. Uh, and some of us need to come before God and repent and ask Him to give us humility. Some of us need to come before him um, with humble hearts because sometimes we've been arrogant with him and we've regarded ourselves as higher. And I know that, sound, that might sound a bit difficult, it might sound a bit strong, but hey, if God is not the highest in your lives, then you definitely need to come before him and repent. Um, I, I feel that people need to be released from their past. Uh, sometimes very glorious pasts. And it's amazing to have a history where you can really rely on and be proud of, but sometimes our past uh, stops us from going forward. Just like Gavin said the other time, that uh, for some unknown reason he supports Liverpool, but the only thing he has to rely on is the glorious past. But also, some of us have been hurt in the past, uh, and therefore there's affected the way that we relate to other people, particularly in church settings where things have not gone the way we wanted them to. God wants, you, wants to release you from that today as well. Um, God wants to release you from making the wrong decisions on your own all the time and then coming back to him. He wants, you to, he wants to release you in making decisions with the guidance of his spirit before you put them into action. Uh, and I just feel like God wants to release some of us from traumas uh, uh, that are to do with our past experience again. Um, if you're not a Christian, this all applies to you as well. All you need to do is to come before Jesus. See, when I mentioned that we've received freedom, uh, yes, we have received freedom, and you can receive it too. You don't need to pay anything for it. And that's the beauty of it. Our God doesn't require anything from you other than the step that you take saying I want you in my heart and I want to encourage you if that's you come before Jesus because you need this freedom you see you can't receive anything else while your hands are full of what you have in your life that stops you from going before God but he can take them away right now at this moment you don't have to wait for tomorrow 
And I want to encourage you, if that's you, please do come speak to one of us today. Let us pray for you. There's no strings attached, I promise. And for the rest of us, um, if the ministry team could be prepared and ready, please. Sometimes we forget to pray for the ministry team themselves as well, but uh, if you'd like to come forward to be prayed for, if I could ask the band to come up, please, and then once the band's come up, if you'd like to be prayed for for any of these, please come forward. Ministry team, please be ready. As soon as you see people stepping forward, come and pray with them and for them. And if you'd like to be prayed for, please stay around and we can pray with you. For the rest of us, shall we stand up together? And just for a, couple, for a few moments, let's stand where we are, reflect on where we are and where we stand with God, <clears throat> knowing that He knows our hearts better than ourselves and anyone else around us, and see if there are things that you need to lay down before Him. Are there any areas that He hasn't taken on fully? Are there any areas in your life that you haven't given to Him consciously? This is the moment. So let's take a few moments and reflect on that and then please do come forward to be prayed for if you'd like to be prayed for.